Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Life with Chris and Tatum. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are the pastors of Life Fellowship Church here in McKinney, Texas. In the great state of Texas. (laughs) Yes. And we are really honored that you would um, take time out of your day to come on here, listen to what we have to share today. And just um, those of you that are sharing this with your friends and your family, Thank you for just helping us spread the word. And Hey, I want you to read this email that we got in just today. I was just so touched. I love it when, uh, when so many of you, you, you stop us here at church, others of you listen from other states, different places around the world, and you'll write in and you'll let us know a little bit about what this, this podcast means to you. But, but just read this. This just came in. Okay, let me read it. Like while we were recording this, this just came in. It did. It says, Chris and Tatum, I wanted to reach out and let you know that my wife and I recently became members of Life Fellowship, and there are a lot of things that we're so thankful for. Your podcast is truly awesome, as it not only gives great biblical instruction, but it also lets us see more personal side of you and your relationship with each other and God. And he says that it's funny. Um. And he likes our podcast. And he gives a whole bunch more stuff. We'll, we'll let that. Yeah, I won't share the rest. But, but God's moving in their life in incredible ways. And I mean, it's just so awesome. Much yeah, thanks fun for sharing that with us. To be able to speak into so many folks' lives and and to hear some feedback. And from I like you. just I, I like it that we get to be uh, again. This is this is a different environment than. Uh, this is relaxed. This yeah. is Chris and Tatum a little more relaxed because we literally sit across the table from each other and really um, just kind of in a fun and hopefully teachable way share truth with you, but also we enjoy this, so it's fun. Now, um, today, I do want to get, and in, in this this couple here mentioned about how you know we are real and authentic and all that. Today, I'm going to get really authentic with you. I'm going to share with you some some areas, uh, times where I really wanted to give up. But let me just bring everybody up to speed here, just real quickly. We we're talking about this leadership principle of plan, work, reap, and that inside of every single one of us, you know, we want to achieve. Uh, there's this unquenchable desire in us to to achieve, and God put that in us. You know, again, if there's a mountain to climb, we want to climb, and if there's a, a an ocean to swim, we want to swim, and if there's if there's a challenge in front of us, we want to we want to take it down. And the Bible says in Proverbs twenty one five, the plans of the diligent lead to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. And so, I'm wanting to help lead us to this place mm-hmm. so that you experience God's blessing, His abundance, His plenty in your life. And yeah. it flows around this verse here, Proverbs twenty one five, and I broke it down into three different words: plan. Work, work. Mm-hmm. reap. Yep. And so the first thing that we talked about last week uh, was how do you plan? Different ways, yeah. So I gave four parts to a plan. Number one, you need to prepare mentally, and most people don't. They just, we're constantly going, 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 and we mm-hmm. never think about what we're doing. Yeah. So we never dream, we never plan. Uh, number two, we need to learn from others. 
So a lot of times, the only people we're learning from are mm, maybe nobody. Our experience or, <laughs> yeah, just kind of a random happenstance, but we have to plan and yeah. uh, plan to learn. And I talked about some mentors that I was praying for in my life, and God brought them. Number three, we need to put an action list together. So mm-hmm. the Bible says that you've got to write the vision and make it plain on tablets so that you can run. So what what are what are the things that you have? Do you have lists? Do you know where you're going? Do you have vision for your life, for your family, for your kids, for your business? Yeah, for, for your, for your school? future, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, you have to network with key people. And we always network up and across, never down. Yep. These are the parts of planning, just to be clear. Okay. The first four parts of planning. Okay. Then we start talking about work. Then we start talking about work. work. Mm-hmm. Four ways of work. And number one, we've got to weigh the costs. So what are the time costs, financial costs, labor costs, mm-hmm. all these different things to make it through to, to the very end. And you can choose to do it, yeah. which is hard, or you can choose not to do it, and that's also hard. Mm-hmm. Choose your heart. Number two of how do you work? You have to organize. When things are organized, there's peace. But it takes work. Hallelujah. It, it takes yeah. work to organize. Yeah, it does. It does. But it's worth it. Man, is it worth it. People will thank you. When you can find your other sock, mm-hmm. it's worth it. When you can find your drawers. And your keys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, just knowing where things are at. And I'm not just talking about just in our home, but just in general, having an organize, organized life is part of its work, but it makes your work easier. Yeah, there's a, there's a great piece when yeah. everything has its own place. And we talked about how, like we in the ministry, we you got to first organize projects. And I talked about all yeah, those last week. And then we organize positions and organize people. Uh, and people can tell if things are organized or not. They can tell if you've actually spent time in planning for it. Now, this is where I want to pick, off, pick up from last week. The mm-hmm. third step of work is you're going to have to work to be resilient. Yeah. And I gave the definition of resilient, and it means elastic, springs back into position, gets back spirits quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say we talked about that verse because I love it in Colossians 3 that says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. And that's part of being resilient. There's some, of course, situations that I know you're going to talk to us about. Um, yeah. Let me just add this one thing, and and I use also the word grit. If if you have some time today, I think it's five minutes long, probably my favorite TED talk that there is out there. It's on the topic of grit. Just type into uh, to YouTube or Google or whatever. TED Talk Grit. That's it. Going to talk to you about resilience and the power of it. It's really powerful. I mean, it's really incredible. Mm -hmm. You, You need to listen to it. But there's been moments that I've had to really dig down deep and have resilience. Uh, and so let me just give you some moments that I wanted to, qu- to quit. The first one is when I first uh, started in, in youth ministry, mm-hmm. I was in Missouri. I had one teenager in my youth group. We were engaged. Mm-hmm. Actually, it might have been before we were engaged that you went there, yeah, I think. It was. Long, long ago, small country church, a youth group of one. I remember. I remember, I remember that was tough because I was working at a grocery. Uh, I was working at the uh, gas station. I was doing the midnight shift, and then I would, uh, or the whole night shift. I'd work the yeah, whole the night, night. Mm-hmm. and I'd get off of work early in the morning, and I would go home. I would take a shower, and then I would go down to the local school, and I would do a Bible study there for the kids. 
And I'd go home and I would sleep throughout the day and then we'd have, you know, events at night. And That's hard, yep. I had one. I remember going to a thing called youth convention and I, got, I took my one teenager with me and there, you know, there was another youth pastor there that had like 20 students there. And I remember just feeling like, yeah, I'm, a, you know, cause you just, you, you, you feel like you're not no you're good. Like measured you're, by your yeah, by, size of your group or whatever. And little did I know that God would use that later on as we saw youth ministry grow from 35 to 700. And it really helped us to be able to minister to a lot of other youth pastors because I know what it was like. Yeah. I know what it was like. So I could really, but I remember, I remember feeling all the doubts and wanting to quit and just like, man, am I really supposed to do this? And how about this? Here's the second one. I remember um, at, the, at a church that we, we went to uh, after we had first got married. Um, and I remember that the XP looked at me and told me one day, you hate teenagers and just undermined me, said, all kinds of things to the point that the stress, I had all these nights of sleeplessness. Remember, I would have all the, my mouth would be filled with hundreds of sores from the acid in my stomach coming up and just hitting yeah. my mouth. I mean, every, you remember, I couldn't even speak because of the sores everywhere. And how, you know, we, we were living in government-assisted housing. We didn't have any money. We didn't have anything. And then I, it just felt, we, we were constantly... Um, talk down to? It was a hard season for sure in our life when it would have been, it was, um, it would have been easy to just think if this is how like ministry is going to be, then I don't want to be in it. I don't want to be <laughs> I don't want to do this. Like so, if this is how people who are supposedly on the same team as you treat you, it just wasn't a good representation or a good taste of, um, and then we were apart from family Ministry leadership. And, yeah, and yeah, it was a really. I remember it, that was so tough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we we had gone to help uh, establish and plant a church in several Frisco. years down the road. Yeah, yeah, another story. And I was serving as an associate pastor, mm -hmm. and the we pastor were. that I was working for, uh, it was exposed that he was having all kinds of affairs, and the whole church. We took a fifty-five percent pay cut to go help establish and plant the church there in Frisco, which is yeah. now Gateway Church of Frisco. They came alongside and... Um, kind of helped uh, the church get on feet from, again from after that. that. Yeah, yeah. But no, these are hard but really real examples of when when um, when we felt like giving up and felt really you sort of question like, God, I, did you call us here to experience this? Like, really? How and why? And We went through three years of grueling church planning, doing youth ministry in homes, giving up all kinds of, of, of salary, just setting up, tearing down in hotels at five o'clock in the morning, yeah. all this to get into a building. Yeah, youth group in our and house. And three months week. later, yeah. everything is gone. Yeah. And then the person that you were serving underneath, and I, I just remember, I remember wanting to quit. Mm -hmm. I, me I remember you and I, we really wanted to quit. We thought, you know what? You could do good, Chris, in the business world. Mm -hmm. You could go do something. And that was the moment that we just had to come to Jesus meet. And it took me three days. Yeah. 
And we were down by the basketball. There was a little basketball court. I was court. just about to say that. I yeah. remember we sat on a park bench While the kids in were playing. a neighborhood, our neighborhood, and our kids were playing. And of course, they didn't really know anything that was going on, but we were just devastated. And we really debated, like, this hurts so bad and everything feels so... Um, uh, we just feel so played, kind of like we didn't see this coming and just so unexpected. And it just, you know how it feels when like the rug just is yanked out and you just fall. Like I never even knew, never even knew. I felt like that one moment, if you ever seen Braveheart, there was that time where that guy was riding on, uh, the, the Mel Gibson was like the Braveheart dude. And the guy that was like betraying him, he like tackled this guy, takes the helmet off and it was his best friend. Mm-hmm. Because quite literally, that's what our situation was like. Yeah. Not to, yeah, we don't have to. And go we walked in grace it, but... and in love with him and his family and his yeah, wife, yeah. And all of them. And yeah. we never once uh, spoke negative. Uh, we, we made sure that we, we, uh, we talked about it the other week. Uh, our job is to love people, God's job is to judge them. Yeah. We made sure that we walked in love. Um, but, but we were hurting and we felt I like. I remember I felt like just. <laughs> I'm done. I felt like, yeah, this is too like much. Like you were even getting emotional just talking about us yeah. a, a second ago. And then from there, we came to Life Fellowship. And the first yeah. year of Life Fellowship, boy, that that was, it almost seemed like it went from bad to worse. Yeah, <laughs> it did. If we just talk real candidly. Yeah, first year did. here was... I don't even know how to how to describe how it was really such as you know um, h- hindsight looking at it now like how many years babe have we been here eleven eleven years yeah. so when I look back it was really more of a spiritual battle than I recognized at the time it felt so personal and it felt so um it felt you know like physically everything was against us like financially it looked like everything's against us relationally no one uh, we just no one connected with us as the new pastors and it, everything in the physical realm looked like odds are stacked against us just close the doors of the church and call it a done deal and move on just go just you know physically everything but but now knowing it was the i would say that 11 years ago was the was the hardest um challenge for us in ministry where i considered more that <clears throat> more that year giving up than i ever than any of the other times it just did go from bad to worse and so not to make this whole podcast about mm-hmm. <laughs> Our bad, uh, our bad experiences and our difficulties. But if there's some way that this you can relate to thinking like, man, life is. So listen, if you don't know anything, I mean, we came here and there was a thousand two hundred twelve dollars in the bank. Uh, people, all kinds of people left to the point we walked into a service with seven people, and they didn't just leave. People made the the most vicious statements to us, and we're trying to, you know, resurrect things, and it was just tough. It was tough, and. The next, the next time that I wanted to quit was the second year <laughs> of pastoring Life Fellowship Church because they all left, and then it's like, okay, well, how, 
Now we have. How do we keep going? How do we do this? Yeah. We, we couldn't do it then. Mm-hmm. And we still, because we were floating the bills of the church the first year, and the second year, it, it was again. Uh, and then the, the last one that I put down is when we were building this first building. I'll never forget, I got a call. We, we, we had no money as a church. Every penny that we had, we were putting into building this yeah. building. B- because things were so tight, we had rented a one-room, small, like 100-square-foot office. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And I had five staff members in that yeah, one office. The desk were kind of lying we around the We were all in that wall. office. <laughs> and we had, our people had given everything that they can possibly give yeah. to get into, into this building build here. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had negotiated all kinds of things with the sale of our old building. And so, so God so graced us that it was featured in the Wall Street Journal. And uh, I mean, we had just given everything that we possibly can. And then I get a call from our owner's rep that says, Hey, by the way, in order for us to get um, the bank will not uh, cover the cost of uh, your your sound and uh, video equipment, so it's going to be six hundred thousand dollars, and you have to have that in three days. Mm. And I'm I remember being in that little one hundred square foot room with all the pressure, everything going. What? How? God. How, 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 how? How am I, I going to get $600,000 in three days? Where, where is this going to come from? I remember just putting my hands in my, in my face, just going, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, we, we are going through the, the weight of it, and miraculously, mm-hmm. I had a business leader friend of mine that doesn't even come to our church, mm-hmm. and he said, hey, Chris... Um, I'll give you the six hundred thousand dollars, and you can just you can, you can pay me back after you guys get everything situated. Yeah, and I'll do it for you with no interest. Amazing. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's when your back is up against the wall that yeah. the Lord shows up. I mean, we it, have no one else to turn to. This is not. Hey, hey, everybody. This is actually a really good day. I'm just. <laughs> I'm giving you the reality that life is tough. And if you're going to see the results happen in your life, you're going to have to have resilience. Listen, I'm going to tell you, just like you, I've been accused. I've been lied about. I've been mistreated. I've been betrayed repeatedly. uh, I've been told I'm a horrible speaker. I've been told I'm untrustworthy, that I don't care. You abuse church finances. You have a private helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know about that. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) I have a Seriously. private helicopter to take me to other churches. Someone said, you know, people say crazy things, but we're you know, we're we're not going to listen to the uh, lies of the the world and people's thoughts. The about critic us. is the one that knows you the least yeah. that tries to define Come you the on. most. Yeah. We- so again, I, I, I don't <laughs> want this podcast. A to- Sonata. We don't have a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. You're gonna to have to have resilience. Okay. So make sure you work at that. And if you're if you're facing difficult times, don't give up. Don't quit. Here's number four: kick out the excuses. Okay. So the fourth step of working is kick out the excuses. So just because something is hard or it's never been done doesn't mean that you shouldn't work hard to accomplish it. In fact, check this out. A hundred years ago, the year was um uh night. Well, it's uh, 120 it? years ago. Oh yeah, 120 years ago, it was the year 1902. Now, listen to listen to what a difference 120 years makes. Okay? okay, the average life expectancy in the United States was 47. Holy cow! 
only 14% of the homes in America had a bathtub. Wow. Only 8% of the homes had a telephone. And a three-minute call from Denver to New York cost $11. Wow. There were only 8,000 cars in America and only 144 miles of paved roads. The maximum speed limit in most cities was 10 miles an hour. Holy moly. The average wage in the United States was 22 cents an hour. So look at what they had to work with and how resilient they yeah. were, how they didn't allow those things to be excuses. Man, the turn yeah. of the century was like Amazing. the turning point for America. Wow. Listen, when we make excuses, we really make a difference. You know, people sometimes they, they look at us as a church and they say, well, if, if we could do what you guys are doing if we had what you guys have. <laughs> And there was a day not too long ago that we didn't have it. Listen, yeah. God has called us as believers to do the impossible, to work the impossible. Failures are divided into two classes, those who thought and never did and those who did and never thought. We, we've got to be resilient and move forward, okay? So we're going to plan. We're going to work. Yeah. Yep. Now, everybody, let's reap. Let's talk about it. Okay, four reminders for reaping. Let me read Galatians 6, verse 9. It says this, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Don't give up, everybody. Don't grow, don't don't grow weary. There are greater days ahead Amen. for you. And I'm just our stories that we just told there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to face other days, honey, that we're going to want to give up. Yep. But we're not going to. We're not going to give up. We cannot be defeated. And we, and we will, will not, not quit. quit. <laughs> Wonder twin powers activate. <laughs> By your powers combined, I am Captain Planet. Oh my goodness. Anyways, uh, here's four reminders for reaping. Okay. Number one, remember God's word. Remember him. Um, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11, God says, so... So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not, not return mm-hmm. to me empty, but it will accomplish not what you desire, but what I desire. Mm-hmm. And we'll achieve the purpose that God sent it out to do, to yeah, accomplish. Yeah, so we have to remember God's word in our life. Let me give you an example of this, okay? I remember when we were going through the challenge of building this building right here, Mm -hmm. I sat down with the city of Allen, the guy that was overseeing and had to give you permission whether or not you could build in a certain location or not. And that was the guy that leaned forward in his chair and said, you will not build on 121 in Allen. Yeah. You you, you won't. It's never going to happen. Yeah, I remember that. And he said, and even if you do try to build on 121, he said, myself and my entire team will like fight against, fight against you. you. I yeah. know his name, first name and last name still. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to share that? No. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> because I, I mean, it just left such a uh, an imprint on my heart. I mean, we were trying to find a, a location to yeah, be able to like build we're not this trying building. To build, we're trying to build a church. We're Come trying on, to help the not, community. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was feeling depleted and devastated after that. And I remember I went home that night, opened up my Bible, and God gave me a word out of the book of Acts. And here's what the word said. Acts chapter 18, verse 9 through 10. It says, One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and said, Do not be afraid. 
Keep on seeking. Do not be silent, for I am with you, and nobody is going to attack or harm you because I have many people in this city. Woo. And I just held on to that. Yeah. The only way I can describe it is that when I read that, it felt like there was a thousand nuclear bombs that were going off on the inside of me. <laughs> I'm like, all right, God has got this. He's going to make a way. He gave me the, the, the directive that we're going to build on 121. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got people working in the city that I don't even that know about. we don't about. even know, yeah. Well, four days later, this property that we have right now mm-hmm. comes on the market. And so I remember we set up the meeting to go sit down with the city of McKinney to see- yeah. Will you guys give us pushback too? We sit down just before the meeting started. An attorney walks in. We're like, who is this guy? And everybody there seemed to know him. He just said, hey, my name is such and such. And I've been sent here on behalf of David Craig of Craig Ranch, which is the community that we're in. Yeah. And he wanted me to make sure that every one of you recognize and know that he wanted he wants there to be a church in this location. Now, I have never even met David at this time. Yeah, unbelievable. And David is uh, one of our business uh, owners that is here in the church now. Uh, Craig Ranch is a community that is now valued at $2 billion. David is the, 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 the principal and master developer Developing. on all this. And so he sent this attorney on our behalf. The city of McKinney looked at us and said, yeah. Within five minutes, they looked and said, we have no problem with you building right here uh, if, if Mr. Craig wants this thing to happen. And in five minutes, I had the answer. Amazing. And I remember back to God's word. Again, a lot of times it's hard to see God in the present, but it's a lot easier to see him in the mm-hmm. rear view mirror. And so I just, I remember, I'm telling you, there's not a situation that you can face There's not a place that you can go that God has not given you his great and precious promises. So today, let me just say this. If you have fear in your heart, Psalms 27.1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Mm, That's good. If you feel the devil's on your back, 1 John 4.4, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. God's made you more than a conqueror. If you're going through financial struggle, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all all my needs according to his riches and glory. If you have sickness in your body, I'm going to remember God's word. Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all of my sins and heals all of my diseases. Hey, everybody, hang on to the promises of God. If you happen to go to the dentist, come on, everyone, crown him with many crowns. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm da, da, da. kidding. But honestly, there's a verse that says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Stop. <laughs> That's your dentist verse. There you go. Okay. No, but really find a verse that- When life doesn't make sense. Yeah, because that is, the truth of God's word is what we have to hold on to, and it's enough. It's sustaining truth. It's a foundation that's not going to be sh- sifting sh- sand, but the rock that you can stand on. So find a verse and hold on to it, just like you did when mm-hmm. you talked about the city. It's how you, you reap. Know. It's how you reap because you've planned, you've worked. Now you're going to reap. You're going to hold on to it. Number two, endure patiently. Mm. Romans 8, 28. Says that all things work together for the good. All things. Uh, Ray Owen said, trying times are not the times to stop trying. Hmm. 
I remember years ago, hon, I met the very first missionary from America to Bangladesh. I was 19 years old. Yeah. I was traveling with uh, an evangelist named Sam Farina, and a lot of you know who Sam is. We were up in Minnesota. We were at a family camp, about 800 people that were there, and this missionary was there. He was Hmm. towards the end of his life. It was like meeting uh, an apostle. Wow. This guy, he sat down with me and he told me about how when he went to Bangladesh, he was the first missionary there. No no churches there. Wow. He said, for 50 years, I worked to wow. try to establish a church. He said, I, 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 I was stabbed and thrown into the gutters, the sewers. My wow. wife had to pull me out and bandage me up. He said, I, I was shot. I was beaten up. Oh, my goodness. I was stoned. I went through all of these things. Wow. And after 50 years... He said, wow. I was able to establish one church, the first church. Unbelievable. Today, Bangladesh, the armpit of the world, mm. now has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds mm. of churches. Because this man endured. He just didn't give up. He didn't quit. And now think about what he is reaping, the, yeah. the eternal reward. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yet to even be All things gold, work together right? for the good. Wow. I mean, I, that that meeting marked my life. That's one of the reasons why I think that God is doing something in my heart for South Asia right now. Hmm. I've never forgot that meeting with him. And I remember after, let me, let me just say one more thing before I move on to these last two and then we're done. But I remember after meeting with him, all the district officials and everyone came up to me and they said, I can't believe that he shared all that stuff with you. They said, he it's like a, a a war soldier that goes off to war and they come back and they don't ever talk about their war uh, their war time because it was so traumatic. Yeah. But this guy opened up. They said, "There's something. There's a reason why he opened up and mm. shared all that stuff with you." Wow. And I don't know if it maybe is with what God is doing is He's opening up these opportunities for us to go to South Asia to reach into the two billion people that are there. So, but endure patiently. Number three, how do you reap? Act like you have it. <laughs> I like this. You like this one? I think so. I kind of want to hear where you're going with it, and then I'm going to chime in. Okay. Well, listen, God changed Abram's name to Abraham before he ever had his son Isaac. And Abraham laughed at the notion that he was going to become the father of many nations. Uh, we have to believe before we, we receive. Yeah. In fact, when, when I pray for people to be healed, I don't just pray for them. A lot of times after I finish praying for them, so if there's something wrong with your leg, why don't yeah. you stand up and move your leg? Let's let's try. Let's act this out in act a sense out. that you're stepping into that promise. Yeah. Yeah. If your back is messed up, okay, and we pray, faith without works is dead. Okay, I like it. So you have to act like you have it. So if you're gonna re- if you're gonna reap, and then lastly, you're gonna have to prepare your barns. <laughs> so let me say it like this: if if you're believing for extra income, open a savings account. Uh, if you're, let me make this as simple as I can. Years ago, God's the ultimate steward. He'll never give you what you're not prepared for. Yeah. Yep. That's the truth. So. 
if you're wanting to, you know, step into some certain area of uh, business, maybe you need to prepare yourself, uh, prepare your barns. You might need to go get a, a, another degree. You might need to get, go get some other classes, some things that are in preparation. So, for example, years ago, we had a big outreach night, and I was in youth ministry. You and I were both yep, in. many, many years ago. And I told God, I really felt in my heart, I said, God, I'm believing you for 200 teenagers to give their, uh, to, to get, get saved. saved. Yeah. And I didn't know how many teenagers would show up that night to the service. Well, we actually had 1,400 students that showed up. 1,400. Remember? Yeah. HBO showed up that night. Yeah, that was a huge night. I mean, it was huge. They showed up. They're like, what is going on here? I mean, we don't ever... This is like... It was a huge event. We were normally having like seven or 800, but... 1400 for that night. And I do remember you praying for. And I remember I wanted to see 200, 200 teenagers yeah. get saved. And I remember God impressed in my heart. He said, okay, if, if, I, if 200 kids get saved, how will you care for them? Yeah. What's, what's the system? What the what's steps? the follow up? What I don't want to just send you all this and then. When we drop the ball and don't. We have spiritual abortions in essence. Yeah. Now, how do you care for them? So I remember this was back in the day that we had a thing called altar room. So when kids got saved, We'd say, hey, God bless you. Let's go to this room and we can talk to you about what decision that, that you just made and Next give you some more information and, them, and follow yeah. up with you. And I went into that room and I had our volunteers set up 200 chairs. Yep, I remember. In preparation. Mm-hmm. And they put all the paperwork on there and everything all the ready. Pens, all the room was ready for 200 because that's what we were believing God for. And that night, 371 teenagers gave their heart to the Lord. And we had more ready to go. Yeah. And I think God's the ultimate steward. And we, we got to make sure that we are preparing our barns. You, that if, if you're not making room for God to, to, to move. Mm. So what are things in your life right now that, that God's challenging you? Hey, increase your thinking on this. Build new barns. Mm-hmm. Set out those 200 chairs. Believe me for this. What is the promises that you're standing on? Are you enduring through difficult times and saying, no, God, I'm going to see a church established in Bangladesh. I am going to see, you know, our our business thrive. We're going to see our kids grow, whatever it is. But if you'll be a person that will plan, work, and stay the course and and be ready to reap, you will become an uncommon person person because uncommon people do not do this uncommon people go with the flow but that's not you see god has anointed you god has called you god's hands upon your life and so i just challenge you today to rise up let god speak directly to you and to where you're at in this life and let god work through you the impossible the impossible because there's gold on the inside of you that's right So, hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Cannot wait to be back with you next week. So excited. It's an honor every week to be able to speak into your life. We love you, everybody. See you guys. God bless.